made by Jaguars fans for Jaguars fans. This is the Real Till Podcast, the official podcast of Jaguars Reddit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Real Till Podcast. I'm joined today by my fill-in co-host, Loxman, because Chromatos is a bitch. What's going on, Lox? Nothing much. I'm really excited to uh, spend the next hour talking shit about Nick. Hey, I like it. Uh, and we are going to be joined today by Michael from Sanford. Michael from Sanford. How's it going, bud? Living the dream one day at a time. How the hell are you, man? Good. If you guys don't know, Michael from Sanford is Jags Freak. Um, real quick, how many times have you actually called Tony Baselli? Called or him picking up? <laughs> how many There's times is he? Difference. How many times has he picked up? Oh, okay, five. Okay, how many times has he yelled at you? Six. Okay, no, five. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very angry guy. Well, specifically towards you, but it's true. Towards all the fans, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. So that's unfair. I've met when I've met him in real life. He's been awesome. He's been great to the fans on the radio show. He's a total dick. But then again, he's answering radio callers. No offense. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's well. They're fair. really stupid radio callers. Actually, I've met, and I can confirm. I've met him in person probably about a dozen times in my life, and he's always super freaking cool. The guy's great. He's just an awesome radio personality because he gets really angry really easily and just yells a lot. The real question is, how often do you call Mike Bianchi on ninety six point nine? Since you're from San. Absolutely zero times in history, and if I can make it lower, I would. Oh, you're not a Kravitz and Bianchi fan? Oh, somehow I, I missed the whole part where, you know, I couldn't think anything clever. No, I'm not. They're, they suck. I don't mean to lead this all off, but I got to say, now I'm getting, like, triggered because I'm remembering that part of, was it 2017 when we were doing good and Mike Bianchi was making it public on a national level that he was now at Jaguars? Yeah, I do remember that. That was my absolute nightmare being from Orlando myself. But anyways, I guess we should talk about Jaguar. Oh, yeah. Just for context, for everyone who's not from this area, Mike Bianchi is just this, he's this guy, he's with like the Orlando Sentinel, and he bitches and bitches and bitches and bitches and bitches about how the Jags don't play games in the Citrus Bowl. I'm sorry, Camping World Stadium now, which is like, um, it makes the Raiders Coliseum look great. And he's like, oh, well, they can sacrifice the revenue to come down here to grow their fan base. He's, they just trashed them forever the second we were good. Oh, man, I'm wearing the teal. They're great. Yeah. It's, he's it's, the Skip Bayless of Orlando. And except, like, even shittier hot takes, my introduction to him was in 2011, or excuse me, 2009, when the Magic were in the went to the NBA Finals, and he said that Martian Gortat should start ahead of Dwight Howard. So that's just the kind of takes you get from that guy. But so I was horrified when he started to jump on the Jags band. Well, um, let's uh, kick things off. We don't really have a lot of Jaguars news, but we did just finish up the combine. Dwayne Haskins did throw. See what Charlie Casually said about uh, Kyler Murray? No. Oh, it's good. He said uh, Cliff Kingsbury or whatever the hell, however you pronounce his name, better take him first overall because if not, he might get, not get drafted for a long time. said worst marks he's heard in years on a quarterback. Bad at film study, bad leadership, bad at pretty much everything. Uh, and he talked about how people, oh, well, you know, you can compare him to Patrick Mahomes or Baker Mayfield, you know, run it like that. And he's like, yeah, well, the difference is they actually have leadership. He doesn't have any of that. Like he just, he said that like in the, 30-some years he's been doing it. He says it's about the worst marks he's ever seen on, like, a top prospect quarterback. So, like, on the last pod that I was on, you know, we talked about Kyler and uh, kind of his prospects, and I mentioned that I was worried because he's got this helicopter dad who's kind of LeVar Ball resemblance and everything, and I don't know, it just kind of reflects badly on the kid himself. Sometimes it's not the kid's fault that the parents are like that, but I think it is a sign when, you know, you haven't kind of taken control of your own life at that point. You're about to become a professional quarterback or professional right fielder for the Oakland A's and you still don't really have that level of control of your life. That's a it's a huge red flag. And, you know, if that if that report's true, then it's just confirmed more of the same. So what you're saying is Kyler Murray's father is the Kyler Murray, what Brent Grimes' wife is to Brent Grimes. 
something like that, yeah. And again, all this is just based off of combine rumors and yeah. how weird he was in those interviews. But I mean, honestly, like it's just there's so much smoke. You got to think there's like a little. Well, uh, apparently Dwayne Haskins did did get some good uh, some good grades there at the combine. Everything looked fine. His release was really quick, mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. leading receivers. Uh, that's uh, pretty much uh, all you know. Big things that we haven't had in a few years with Blake. Um, but uh, I think general consensus is Haskins is uh, probably the best thrower in this uh, in this class. I guess the big questions come to how he performs under a lot of pressure, which he would probably have to do here. Uh, did you guys watch Haskins? Yeah, I mean, I I, I was noticing one of the things I, I picked out about him is uh, his, his deep ball was definitely the best of anyone throwing the conference. He had a lot of air. The, the, the kid was getting so much air on his deep balls. Yeah, that's never been a problem for him. The only problem was sometimes the placement was that he's overthrowing it, but I mean, at least he's overthrowing it and not underthrowing it. Mm-hmm. His his uh his stats were were largely pedestrian. I think he ran like a five point oh four forty, like below average. Um, he actually has his a lot of his stats compared pretty similarly to Jameis Winston, which is uh interesting. The uh, the only difference is that uh, last I checked, Haskins has yet to be arrested for stealing snow crab legs from Publix. <laughs> That's a fair take. Yeah, well, they always say like in the combine, especially to the quarterbacks, it's not even so much like the the physical measurements; it's the interviews. And you know, we didn't get a whole lot of you know get access to a lot of those with the GMs, but by all accounts, everyone's come away thinking he's like a stand up guy, a great leader, and all of that. So there's one thing you can take away from it's that, and yeah. just the same that you, you can apparently take away from Kyler. Yeah, apparently. yeah, it is interesting, like how almost diametrically opposed they are in terms of reviews of their personality and leadership standpoint and style of quarterback. Hey, actually, can we talk about one guy who we are like we damn sure shouldn't take, and I pray to God won't be in the uh, Jaguars uniform. Should not, should not take. All but right, he, like lit up talking about him nonstop forever. Who am I talking about? Are you going to say Matt? Yeah. Yeah. We we do we do not need Metcalf. He can run really fast, really straight. Cannot get off the line at all. Like it's like, not good. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, it's because he didn't start that much. He was on with an inept offense, and he was always hurt. And I'm like, wait, that's that's not endearing at all. Like, I mean, he's had two injuries. They're unrelated. I don't know if you, I don't think he's walking around with soft tissue injuries like like Cecil Shorts or Marquise Lee or anything. But it's still concerning if he can never get on the field. Well, yeah, and he's a project. I'm oh, sorry, JC. What's up? Um, on uh, just on just on Metcalf here, just going over the numbers at the combine. He uh, did tw- he put up 27 reps. He ran a 4.3340, 40 and a half inch vert, and 11.3 broad. So basically, he's he's a he's a big, strong, fast guy who lacks agility. <laughs> his his uh, agility drills, uh, the three cone, they were all really, like the worst really bad. All like, yeah, it's really bad. But and so here's the thing, though. Like, I guess so. If there is some way that we affect a trade down, I don't know. My problem is, is that like people are going to see this big, huge, fast dude, and they're going to want to bring him in to be the number one, you know, X wide receiver, and he's just not that guy. I mean, there's definitely. I'm not gonna. He's obviously got a crap load of potential, and if he could ever start getting some of that route running right, he's he's gonna be a stud. He's not. He wasn't he's not Julio Jones. He's not Julio Jones. He's not. Yeah, exactly. So, bringing him in in Jacksonville with the seventh pick, it's not gonna solve our issues of of not having, you know, an Allen Robinson or whoever. I think I agree with you there that, you know, it's just not there. Now, if we trade down or something like that, he's hanging out around twelve to fifteen. Maybe my team changes a little bit. Yeah, and then Hawkinson's the the next guy I look at. What's your thoughts on fans versus Hawkinson, guys? Like, Hawkinson's always been, like, the guy everyone talks about, but Fant put up, like, the most ridiculous combine. He's been freaking, like, his hands were soft when he was catching the ball. Like, he's good. What do you you guys think between the two of them? I'm I'm definitely a Noah Fant fan. Noah Fant is the tight end that I want in this draft. 
he jumps off the board a little bit more with those again with the combine numbers than uh than Hawkinson but I don't know it's I guess you're always looking for production and it sounds like Iowa didn't know how to use either of these guys it's uh yeah the only thing about Hawkinson over Fant is Hawkinson is a true dual threat tight end he can line up and just drive someone back in the running game and he can also go over the middle catch like that you, you can't really go wrong with them it's Kind of more of, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying either of them are as good as either of the other two. But when you had uh, Aaron Hernandez and Gronk on the field at the same time, like they were both dominant tight ends, but they did things very, very different. Like it's so, like similarly how like they would be used. I see that's kind of how they are. So it's like, what's your, what's your preference? What would you rather have in a tight end? I would see. I don't think, I don't think you should ever be looking for like the next Gronk just because he's such a unique guy. Like, you know, you really can't be expecting anyone to play like that where you're just an absolute mauler in blocking. You're this dominant guy in the pass game. And I definitely don't think anybody should be expecting a dominant tight end to come in and play in predictably Foles' first year as a rookie. So as much as I'd love to have either of these guys, I don't know if it's going to be worth the seventh pick. Um, I wouldn't be too irritated, I guess, if it's Hawkinson there. But I think if you're looking for a savior, if you're looking someone for someone to be Zach Ertz and just soak up 110 targets in his rookie year, I think you're you're barking up the wrong tree there. So what tree would you bark up? The seventh pick? I don't know, man. I really think that that seventh pick is going to be on the line, defensive or offensive. It just it just feels like what it's going to be. What I would do? I don't know. It depends on who's there, but. I mean, trade down, I think, is the typical answer. But how often do we actually see that happen in our position, especially if they've called well? Uh, it hasn't. Uh, well, speaking exactly. of the line, we've talked about quarterbacks. We've talked about pass catchers, tight ends, wide receivers. Mm. What would you guys take away from the O-line workouts? And I don't have his numbers right in front of me, but the guy that's kind of popular uh, for us with the seventh pick is Jawan Taylor. For stuff that's completely outside of the uh, outside of the, the outside of the combine results, I mean, I guess I've kind of come onto the idea that the Jaguars do not like moving people. Like if they play left tackle in college, they don't come in here and they're not like, oh, you're going to play swing or you're going to be a, a right tackle until you get moved over to the left. Uh, kind of like how we did with Jokel early on uh, when we had uh, Eugene Monroe. So Jonah Williams, I know, is popular, but my understanding, he's been one of those guys who's only ever played left tackle, right? Also, doesn't he have like really, really, really short arms? I think I read that. Like, pe- people are considering making him a left guard because his arms are so short. Jonah Williams? Uh, I don't recall. Yeah, that's, that is one of the concerns with him. But I think everything else he does is just so technically sound. And, yeah, you know, he's got everything else that it's one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, well, the guy can't be amazing and everything. So I don't know if it's, I don't think it's so bad that, uh, that they wouldn't let him be left tackle. But anyways, I don't think he's really going to be the guy because again, you know, if you're a left tackle, then they bring in his left tackle last year or excuse me, his rookie year, Cam Robinson. He didn't even practice at right tackle. He practiced at backed up left tackle and Brandon Albert was here. So for us, I think that if we go offensive line, it's going to be Juwan Taylor. Out of Florida. One name I've seen is Michael Jordan from Ohio State. Uh, he's but Jordan's a left guard. We just signed a the like an all pro left guard to the highest paid deal for a guard in NFL history until well for about a week before Dallas. Yeah. Um but, and we just talked about that. I mean, right guard uh Lindstrom's more, maybe an option there. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Can... <clears throat> that's what I was gonna say. You considering that we signed Norwell last year, that huge contract. And we have Linder at center. This guy's a left guard. Michael Jordan's a left guard. He played center last year for Ohio State. So he's a guy who can play both positions. Uh, he's he's a guy, if, if we don't take a lineman in the first round, if a guy like Michael Jordan's sitting back in the second round, do you then go O-line or do you uh, go uh, looking uh, looking at pass catchers? What do you do there? I guess it just depends on what you did in the first round. But, I mean, if you go something other than, you know, offensive line in the first round, I think you, no one wants two rookies on your offensive line, especially on the same side of the line, right? And if we do go interior offensive line, then where are you doing a right tackle? Well, 
I I still think this guy is just nothing but a question mark and a name in the locker room. But Will Richardson, he's basically a rookie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't care if your quarterback's Foles, Blake Bortles, Haskins, or freaking Will Greer. Like it's it, you know that's not what anything that anyone wants. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Because you you drafted him in the fourth round last year because you said, okay, well, we believe he could be the right tackle of the future. And your your hope is that in his first year, he's going to, you know, develop and, and become the guy. Well, he was, he was uh, to no fault of his own, he was injured last year a lot and didn't get to practice much before they put him on IR. So here you, you, you already spent draft capital, high draft capital, fourth round's no, no joke, on a guy you said, all right, well, you know, we have uh, we have right tackle. He's getting older. He, you know, has trouble staying healthy. He has a high cap number next year. So we're going to draft this guy with the thought that in the future he can be the guy. Well, now we don't know. And we're talking about, well, do we get a right guard? Do we get a left guard? Or, sorry, right guard, right tackle. Like you said, we don't want two first-year players, a rookie and, and Richardson necessarily playing on the on the side. So maybe, maybe you do go Michael Jordan, uh, throw him at uh, center, and then move one of the best centers in the league to right guard where he has played before. And well, at that point, that I, I just don't see. I think that you know, if we're talking about the seventh pick, then it's got to be one of these. It's it's going to have to be a guy, and you're doing offensive line. It's going to have to either be like a Quentin Nelson level interior offensive lineman, which I don't really know if any of these guys are going to be that. I don't think there's a whole. I mean, there's plenty of the plenty of these tackles on the theme. It seems to be like oh they are either slow on the outside, they have slow footwork. Uh, that's one of Juwan Taylor's uh, negatives on, on his scouting reports. Um, so he might be better suited inside, or it's like Jonah Williams, they have short arms. You might put him inside. But none of them are like Quentin Nelson where you're like, oh, this guy's a Hall of Fame guard, just stick him right there, and you're, you got a 10-year starter, like basically guaranteed. Uh, the Colts have pretty much determined that. So, Yeah. Right after they got Ryan Kelly, pisses me off. Well, speaking yeah, exactly. of uh, speaking of Ohio State, another uh, another player from Ohio State that I've seen possibly a good fit for Jacksonville is Mike Weber from uh, running back from Ohio State. When do you guys yeah. think we're gonna try to grab? What round? How high do you think we're gonna try to grab another running back? And do you think do you think both Yeldon and Grant are gonna be gone? And we're going to have a rookie behind Fournette on the depth chart. Good questions. Uh, Yeldon, done. Gone, period, in a sentence. Uh, Grant, so they, they liked him enough to make him the eighth highest paid running back last year with the second round tender. But the, the issue with Grant is what is he known for more than anything? What's the one trait that stands out about him amongst anyone else in the team? He's fast fast what was his injury that made him go on ir was well, a foot injury same list shit that took out okay. freaking jones drew and i think that's the same thing hollywood brown's got right if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. it's a small boat by the way that's a small bone in the center of your foot uh feet tend to be kind of important for running backs and it's one of those things that's very easy to re-injure and it it's very easy to not heal properly on the first injury even with nfl level uh post-surgery care so again they love the guy like there's so much value he offers when healthy but we don't know what what that what what he is what it's going to be they're definitely going to let him test free agency and i mean i could easily see that if no one really bites they might bring him in on a on a one-year prove-it deal that's far less than what last year's was or at least a, a deal to get him in camp and see what he does whether he'd take that i don't know but you just don't know with him because he injured one of the most important parts of his feet, and that's a hard one to come back from. And when you're a guy that's not a power runner, like that you rely on that, that's, that, that's, like, that's like saying, hey, we got Usain Bolt here. We cut off his left leg, but it's still Usain Bolt. Well, yeah. To, give, to play devil's advocate, Le'Veon Bell early on in his career had a Liz Frank injury, and he's obviously come back to become one of the best running backs. But, I mean, Corey Grant, he's such a just a gadget type of guy. Um, the first time you try to use him up a little bit, he picks up an injury. So I, I just don't see it. I mean, especially if you're one of the running backs for a diamond dozen type of people, why would you risk bringing him back? Just go grab a younger, faster guy. Yeah, they're definitely not going to bank on him regardless. Like, there's no way in hell that's going to be 
No, definitely. If he comes back, he's still the fourth guy. So he's not a guy who's going to be absorbing carries in this new offense. One thing I was thinking about today, uh, talking to people in the Discord, is if you do, if all this full stuff is bullshit and we do end up going with a rookie, how nice would it be in John Filippo's system with that kind of shotgun-based approach um, to have TJ Yeldon back? And if you have a rookie and you have the money to do it, is that something you bring into consideration? I don't see Tom Coughlin doing it. I would love to have TJ Yeldon back. I'm a, I've always been a big fan of TJ Yeldon. I know people have given him a lot of shit for uh, the first couple of years he was here where he, he didn't really produce anything. I gave him shit last year, but he fucking made me eat crows. Yeah, he he really he he really outperformed expectations last year. He played really well. That's the other thing. Third down backs are not that common, and because he can pass block, because he can catch, someone's going to overpay for him, and we're not going to want to match that. That's that's one of the main things right there. Even if like, like so, we were him, like we're not going to pay what the open market can pay based on our salary. So you've got to look for guys to replace him. I mean, we know you have Fournette, but one of Fournette's biggest issues is playing out of the shotgun. I think he's proven yeah. enough people wrong with his, I mean, he can catch like mm-hmm. he's not great at it. He's never going to be great at it, but he, he's, he can more than he can be adequate. I think if he is healthy and if he is, you know, playing well, I think they're just not really going to go for a veteran guy. I think they're going to need to draft guys. And I think they're going to draft a guy a lot earlier than people think they will. I mean, obviously, it's still Doug Marone here who's running this who's running this show, and you know how he feels about running the ball. And Tom Coughlin's an old school guy, so I think we're going to spend one of those two third round picks on a running back. I definitely, I definitely see a running back coming in the third round. So you're definitely right about that, and I think you know. And then when you look at the running backs that the Jags have actually visited, it does kind of play a little bit more into guys who may be fourth round and on. So the running backs they visited are. Tony Pollard from Memphis, Miles Sanders from Penn State, and Jordan Scarlett from Florida. Everything I've seen says that Jordan Scarlett's like a very late end of the draft type of guy. Um, Tony Pollard was Darrell Henderson's teammate at Memphis, and they had a pretty, as much as I loved Darrell Henderson, I definitely see why they want Pollard. Uh, I think he's really, he did really well in the Senior Bowl, and we know how much the Jaguars love the Senior Bowl. Um, I think he, from what I remember, uh, I mostly only know much about him because of how badly Memphis was torching UCF in the game that they played this year. But he was more of the kind of receiving type of guy, while Darrell Henderson was the bell cow. Although when you say bell cow, he's not as much of a power guy as he is a shifty, very elusive runner. He's a small guy, mm-hmm. and he's, I mean, he's pretty big for his size. He's 5'8", 208. So... You said we visited Miles Sanders? Uh, yes, we did. Sanders had a hell of a combine. Yeah, he a hell did. of a combine. Yeah, he did. He ran a four four nine. Yep. Had a really good uh, three-cone shuttle, um, 4.19 short shuttle. Uh, I mean, the guys, he, he, he had a pretty all-around game. Like, I think that, I mean, he third round maybe. I could see him as a third rounder. But I mean, so you, you, we need tight ends. Like a tight end is and a like is going to have to go in our one of our first few picks. The we thing, literally don't. The good thing about this now. draft is the tight end the tight end class is pretty stacked. It's pretty deep. So, um, free agency starts on the thirteenth. I guess they can start talking deals on the eleventh. Correct. The legal tampering period, which is a joke. Okay, so the big news in free agency pertaining to Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously Nick Foles. There was that article from Philly.com that said Jacksonville or Jack Jacksonville's getting Nick Foles. Obviously, it's it's all quote unquote rumor and innuendo. But uh, what do you guys think is going to happen with Nick Foles? I think we're signing him for something around a twenty million dollar a year deal. I think the only question now is the money. I know he's seen the rumors that say it's not going to happen, but I don't know. It just smells like a, a Dave Caldwell type of move right now to try to save everyone's skin uh, and just try to get some kind of winning up there right now. 
I guess the numbers being thrown around are something like uh, three for 55 or. Who's going to bid him up that high? I know the general feeling amongst Jaguars fans and pretty much every other person who watches and pays any amount of attention to the NFL believes that Nick Foles is coming to Jacksonville. And you put all the pieces together, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I know there's still a lot of people holding out hope that somebody like, like Washington or Miami comes in and swoops him up, offers him more money. Yeah, I mean, like, that 53 to 55 for three years, hopefully only the first two years guaranteed or some kind of option on the third year. I, I mean, I think that's the kind of the low end of expected expectations. That's like 17.5 to 18.5 per year kind of range. No what, idea how they'd structured it. And I know we're good at structuring the contracts. John Iskak is a freaking genius. What are we paying Blake per year? What's his? I think it's happened this year's 19, but I think he's only getting paid, like, I think like 5.9 or something this year. Don't quote me that exact number. I'm pretty sure if we retain him, the cap hit is like 21 million this year and 23 million next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, no matter what I think, I hope like Foles is going to be cheaper. So do you think it's possible that Boros gets traded to any team for anything? No, absolutely not. Unless we do some kind of, uh, you know, sacrifice, sacrifice a pick to go along with it. Like that with Brock Osweiler. That that just kind of happens so rarely that I don't know. And again, I I just don't know if we've got that in us. It'd be amazing to clear that much, but we did. We were pick. able to trade Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, but he was on a rookie contract. Well, he was on, yeah, he was on his rookie deal. I was about to say so, and not even that high one. So, I think the main thing though is like okay, so seventeen to twenty million or so. If you cut the guys that were expected to cut, if you make Blake Bortles a post-June first cut, if you cut Malik Jackson and Parnell and Hyde, that right now puts you at about $32 million of free cap space. Now you wipe out, you know, however much of that for the draft, uh, which is like, what, I don't know, like $8 million on average or so. And then you wipe out 17 to 20, hope, hopefully like closer to 17, because that does offer, open up a little bit more opportunities you're not left with a whole lot. You're, you're kind of left with like, I mean, so talking about free agents, like who are some guys that you want to get that we could realistically get and keep in mind, like anyone good is probably going to want more than just like a one year garbage deal. I really don't want to just try to throw some stuff out on another Dante Moncrief. So you're trying to, if you're trying to sign anyone quality, like, um, or not, not last one, Jesse James. If you want to try to bring him in as a second tight end, He's not going to come here on like a one-year cheap deal. And then next year, we've got to start, we've got to start throwing out these extensions for our young defensive players and pay for Foles. So, if they spend money, Jared Cook, if, if they spend money on Nick Foles, if they sign Nick Foles in free agency, I don't think, I don't think they'll spend much more money in free agency this year. I can see them bringing in two top guys than some mid-tier guys. Because here's the thing: uh, one of the things that we've done so, so, so well with our cap is we front loaded so much. Uh, we, we can backload deals. Um, and I, 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 Tom Coughlin was <laughs> the reason we sucked so bad for so long is because he, he abused the salary cap more than any team before since he made our salary cap situation so bad that we had to make Tony Baselli available for the uh, free agency draft for the Houston if you're, if you're talking about backlog, backlog in some of these contracts, like who, who are some of these guys that you'd want who are going to be cheap enough to where they'll take like maybe four or five million in the first year? And if, God, even then, I don't even know about that. But who are some of the guys you're looking at at free agency right now? I mean, hopefully you're looking at tight ends and offensive linemen. Yeah. Um, I mean, absolutely uh, tight ends. Um, like I said, uh, Cook's available. Uh, he's getting older, but he's been, I mean, he's dynamic. Um, uh, Jesse James, we, we were just talking about, I think would be a really solid, solid option. Um, you know, they said, they said that they're not, um, you know, they, they haven't closed the door on ASJ. Uh, like if he doesn't get like many bites from other teams, we can get him back at a price we'd want. Uh, I think that there is still some interest there mutually uh, between the two between the two. Is it likely? I don't know. 
I think you got to look offensive line just because, I mean, as we know, it's a, it's pretty stacked as far as tight ends in this class. Even if we don't go tight end or in the first round, there's a good chance you can get Irv Smith in the second or uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Nauta, the guy who's a Jags fan in the third. These kind of pass-catching guys who um, could definitely be very helpful in our offense. So, and like definitely. I said earlier, you don't want you don't want like two rookies starting on the right side of your line, uh, even if one of them is just a redshirt rookie, basically, and uh, Will Richardson coming off injury. So, I, I would love nothing more than to get Juwan James a tackle. I'm I'm with you on that, but you also don't want to have your your hope at tight end to be two uh, two rookies either. I mean, I I definitely think we go tight end in, in free agency and the draft. Oshag Hennessy is no rookie, my friend, and that's where I'm putting all. We have a single tight end on our roster, not one. Um, Koyak, he's still on the yeah. Roster. We got Koyak, and one of those guys is probably going to get brought. Tight end on the roster. I think they got to bring back one of these guys on a on a cheap deal. I know a lot of them are probably in the mood to test free agency right now. We ended up with freaking Patrick Omame back on the roster last year, so who knows what's going to happen. I'm looking on Walter Football right now for the uh, um, offensive tackle free agents. Don't give them click. I'm, I'm just I'm there, just, <laughs> but I'm just looking for yeah. names: uh, Trent Brown, Jawan James, and Daryl Williams from Carolina. I believe Daryl Williams is going to get a big contract. I'd love to have Daryl Williams. I think Jawan James will get a big one too because this is coming off of. Uh, I guess this is his rookie deal, so he's looking to get paid now. Um, as much as I'd love to have him, he does have some injury concerns, and I don't know if they're really going to even be able to have the type of money to put him out there. But you know what? Like you were saying, if you want to start thinking about backloading some of these contracts and trying to put his money towards 2021, putting some guaranteed money there, then I don't know. Maybe it's possible. But come on, your rookie deal, I assume most of these guys are wanting to get paid handsomely. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so uh, assuming Foles comes in, Bortles is going to be cut. Where do you think Bortles lands? I, I can't even predict it. I mean, I know people have their ideas, but everyone keeps suggesting these teams that don't have starting quarterbacks. I mean, I think he's going to be a backup no matter where he goes. Maybe a high-end backup, but still a backup. So I think the field's pretty wide open. Jags, what do you think? Either of the two Los Angeles teams could be an option. I saw a couple of teams popping around. Uh, the couple more popular ones were Dallas and New England. What kind of <laughs> what kind of uh, fairy tale ending would would Blake have getting cut from Jacksonville and going to New England and taking over for Tom Brady and and everyone's going to have the old story about how Bill Belichick liked Blake Bortles so much in the draft, but it, I don't really think stuff from 2014 still applies. Yeah, especially when you got an old quarterback like Brady and. Your expectations are still pretty high, even if Brady goes down. Yeah, I don't think New England's happening. Yeah, but I do agree with you. It's pretty wide open for Blake, and I, I mean, who knows? He he may, you know, not want to be a backup, and may decide to hang it up and chill in Jacksonville Beach yeah. for the rest of his life. I think he hasn't thrown his last pass in football yet, but I mean, no I, I don't think anyone's pining for him right now. I agree. agreed on both ends. I mean, I love the guy. I don't know if you guys know, but I tend to – I have this subreddit that I moderate called Pyong Bortles, and I've, I've banned a couple people from that. Yeah, we know. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's say everyone's assuming that Nick Foles is coming to Jacksonville. So say Nick Foles comes to Jacksonville. Who do you think the Jaguars – what position do you think the Jaguars are going to go for and say – Rounds rounds one and two. I think round one, you're looking at a lineman. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be – everyone's going to hate defensive linemen, but if one of the edge rushers drops a little bit or, or if they really like Ed Oliver, uh, then I think that's fair in play. I mean, this is a Tom Coughlin-led team we're talking about. Um, and honestly, as much as I hate to say this, I'm going to catch shit for it. I don't think that's even the maybe the worst option. Mm-hmm. Um, I think round two is where we're going to get our tight end in the future. Likely. Jags, what do you think? If Nick Foles comes, what do you think we do in one and two? Well, I, I, I was, I'm glad that you, you went back there because uh, 
I thought we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the defensive talent at the top of the draft. And but like well, so the last thing that people want to hear is freaking defensive lineman again in, in, in a top 10 pick. But there's, there's some guys that would – there's like four guys that would easily be the top like defensive player taken in any given draft. Freaking – I don't know what you guys saw about Montez Sweat. But the guy is 6'6", 260, and he ran a 44140. That doesn't make sense. That sounds familiar to a guy that we had on the team last. Hmm. I think that, you know, you do have to look that we don't have Dante Fowler anymore. And as much as I abhor the idea of take, using a top 10 pick on a rotational pass rusher, I definitely know there's value in it. Um and Tom Coughlin damn sure knows there's value in it. And last year they were desperately trying to find the heir apparent for Calais Campbell. They went with Taven Bryan, who, you know, kind of just became like just a gap penetrating three tech defensive tackle. So great. Cause we needed one of those two to, so we can cut Malik Jackson, but they still don't have anyone who is going to take up the mantle of the rotational edge rusher uh, that we need to come in on third down or uh, potentially start. If anything happens to unique, and we don't have anyone who's going to replace Calais anytime in the near future. And that's going to become a pressing need for this team. So yeah, and if no, they think Ed Oliver can play there, then, I mean, who knows? No offense to Dwan Smoot or Dwan Smoot fans, but he's not or the Or Laurenti McRae fans. Yeah, they, they, those two guys are, are not the guys. That's one, uh, one complaint I saw a lot last year around the Discord during game days was that we uh, didn't use our... Didn't didn't use our rotational guys enough, but our rotational guys. I mean, after after we got rid of Dante, our rotational guys were just not nearly as good as as the guys we had on the field. I think Laurentian McRae is decent. I, I like him as a situational pass rusher, especially in playing from the Sam spot. Uh, I think he he's very underrated in that. Um, but here, here's here's the question, right? Like we're talking about the situational guys here. If Unique and Gagway goes down for any like point in time, God forbid, like did like the holy cross on my chest there. But let's say let's say it happened. Who's our edge rusher? There is none. I mean, Laurenti McRae. Yeah, exactly. So, would it be so horrible if we went the defensive line on the? The first round? I, I think it would be. Available? I mean, I think it flies in the face of a win-now mode, but then if you're really trying to follow the Eagles model, then they're constantly rotating. Uh, like, when they won the Super Bowl, the difference between, between their defense and our defense is that they constantly rotate pass rushers. Meanwhile, ours had a remarkable string of luck with health, uh, just like how they did last year. So, you know. Under Coughlin. Eventually, that yeah, luck's going to run out, and you're going to wish you had taken one of those guys at the top of the draft. I mean, last year I wouldn't have, because again, we had Dante for part of it, and so I think he would. He's not going to be as good as Unique, but I think he's going to be, you know, plenty decent enough to play in that role, especially as long as Calais keeps on defying Father Time and having like these crazy good seasons. I, lo- I love Calais Campbell. How can you not? I hope he retires a Jag, dude. I hope he just stays here until he's in a walker. I love that guy. I mean, do you think it's O-line or D-line? Like, one or the other at seven? That's my take on it. And I think, I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be offensive line, but at the same time, we didn't really get to it with Juwan Taylor, but I have my reservations about him just because people say he's kind of slow-footed and not really equipped to hang with speedy edge rushers. So then we'd have two offensive tackles who are now, you know, pretty decent players, but not good enough to handle talented speed edge rushers. So, um, but I mean, I guess he's being mocked in the top 10 for a reason. So I'm not going to complain to be an offensive line guru at scout in that position. Oh, that's yeah, what, no, Doug, that's what Doug Marone's for, right? Or was he the defensive yeah. or was he defensive line? No, he, he's, he's, he's offensive line. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what Doug Marone's for. That's why they hired him. We'll probably find out sometime between Monday and Wednesday what the Jags decide to do in free agency. What's one guy that you're going to lock is going to be on the team from free agency? 
Nick Foles. I mean, other than Nick Foles. I'm going to go Jesse James. I think Nick Foles is highly likely, but I'm, I'm going to go Jesse James. I have no idea because I don't know what cuts we're going to make and I don't know who we're going to be able to afford. Um, I would love it if it was Jesse James because if we're going to go Nick Foles, we might as well really go fucking Nick Foles and like really try to make JDF system work. And that means we're going to need a tight end and hopefully not just one rookie. Yeah, I don't care if TJ Hawkinson is like the best rookie tight end since whoever, since Vernon Davis got drafted. Just kidding. He was garbage in his first year. But we're going to need more than just the one guy. Yeah, I think it will be Foles. Uh, definitely, he's going to be on the team. Uh, outside of Foles, Je- uh, Jesse James. We actually talked about it last week. It ended up on the cutting room floor, but we talked about Jesse James a lot last week. I say a lot for a couple minutes. We talked about Jesse James last year, and he was my guy I had coming over in free agency also. I think that the real question is, so we're looking, if you look at all the holes that we have on offense that we need to replicate what Nick Foles is able to do with the Eagles, we're missing a big body, number one wide receiver. We're missing Zach Ertz and even a backup tight end. We're missing a right guard and a right tackle. And we're missing running backs needed to, that can run out of the shotgun. So there's no way we're going to fill all these positions in one offseason. No. But I think we could fill maybe two of them effectively, one of them moderately well, and then one we're just going to be starting just garbage off the floor because we simply don't have enough resources, draft or money-wise, to fill them all to you know effectively replicate their offense. So which position do you think is not going to be addressed? For me, I think it's that number one wide receiver. I wide think they're going to go into the season with the same dudes. Wide receiver. Uh, Nick Nick Foles is going to have about four slot receivers to throw the football to. And it's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be like a bunch of Nelson Aguilar's instead of one Nelson. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, It's it's not going to be, it's not going to be wide receiver. Number one, there aren't that many. I mean, number one receivers don't make it to the freaking, uh, or even just big bodied, a big bodied dude. Because all she's not really racking up thousand yard series. This won't be so relevant. People listen to this other like later, but something really interesting happened right before we started this podcast. Um, uh, A couple of like really big Browns players uh, all started tweeting about like there was like some really big move that they're making um, in front office. Um, Oh, you think it's happening? I think it's a receiver. Think, uh, mm. think it might ride with Schmodo Schmeckham. Really? Um, I was going to go with the other one. Do you see the Pittsburgh Steelers trading in division? I mean, how many options do they have? I, I honestly, like, I mean, I'm kind of speaking from ignorance. I haven't followed the Antonio Brown saga as much as other people may have. And I definitely haven't. I don't even really believe the Giants are going to trade Odell Beckham. So, you know, Antonio seems the more likely one of the two to be moved. That's the only thing I'm basing it. Yeah. Jarvis Landry said, make sure your mind right and come to Cleveland. Hashtag dogs got to eat. Um, Demarius Randall said, John Dorsey, low key, a genius dot, dot, dot. And then we have David and Joku saying, love this shit. And those all happen within about five minutes of each other. That's something. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, it really is. I, I don't know. I have no clue how if, if they're getting texted by Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham or, or whoever right now. But who knows? Would you guys want to trade our first round pick for Antonio Brown? No. Mr. Big Chest? I would. But only if you would play on his contract, which I don't think he's going to. So since oh, no. he's going to want a lot more money, then I wouldn't. Well, that's, but if he could play on his contract, no. then I would. That's why. That's why I say no. Um, he he wouldn't play unless he got a so contract. Sign get Brown. Um, sign Jesse James, and then go lineman in second round, and tight end in the third, that, that if you got Brown, that would be pretty much what you would ideally do. I mean, you're not signing Jesse James if you're signing Nick Foles, too, because then you're 
you're looking at a, uh, I mean, Antonio Brown's carrying a $22 million cap hit this year and it kind of drops off a bit. And I mean, from by all accounts, he probably wants a little bit more money. So if you're signing Foles and Antonio Brown, this is when you start talking about cutting Darius and really just saying fuck it to the defense and really just trying to make us a more balanced team with a weaker defensive line and a stronger offense. So have you seen all the free safeties that are available? It's crazy. It's a lot. I mean, that's a good point too. They just cut Weddle. Like the, I'm going to try and find the list. You guys want to talk for a second? The amount Ad- of Adrian Amos is going to be available. I think too, for the bears. I know he played decent there for a Landon Collins is the big one, but he seems just like a better version of Jonathan Ciprian by all. Oh. Earl Thomas. Uh, Earl Thomas. Isn't that dude like 50 now? Yeah, Landon yeah, Collins, Thomas. Earl Thomas, Adrian Amos. Uh, but yeah, he, he did great before he broke his leg, and it was a leg injury. It wasn't the same as like a soft tissue. Haha, Clinton Dix, Lamarcus Joyner, Anthony Harris. Like, is it that might be something interesting, and I really doubt that they do it, but if they cut Gibson and bring in one of these guys, if they could somehow bring in one of these guys on like a, I don't know, maybe a backloaded deal like you were saying earlier, or just maybe something a cheaper contract, because I think Gibson's getting, what, like $9 million this year or so? Mm-hmm. So you think you can bring in one of these guys on a, if he's on someone with like a maybe a smaller cap hit, get us a few extra million dollars to play around with in free agency? It's fun to speculate, but we're already looking at how devalued the position is. So mm-hmm. they are all available, so that kind of does say something. Well, Lux, do you want to talk about your boy Jalen Ramsey? Oh yeah, my boy Jalen Ramsey. GM so, Jalen. We're talking about you know how people in the sub think, how people on Twitter think about Nick Foles bringing him in, how people in on like the Jags news circuit think about him. But the most important person whose opinion is obviously Jalen Ramsey. So yeah, his latest update. Jaylen. Oh yeah, you know what? He probably would do a better job than the guys in charge right now, in my opinion. But um, that's just me. I think uh, so on Instagram, and you may have seen this it popped up on the sub a little bit, but it kind of went a little bit low key. Uh, was Jalen had posted on Instagram or responded in a comment to one of the posts. You know, I had it brought up, but I can't see it exactly what it is right here. Basically, it was the post about uh, Nick Foles being a lock to the Jaguars. And he said, like, sounds good to me, but we still need to draft someone as well. So, and then Haskins, you know, did the looking eye emoji on the comment of that. So if, you, if, you're, if you're counting teams here, if you're counting score, you got the, the Foles camp, the Haskins camp, and you got a small group of people who are saying, you know, Sign Foles, but also draft Haskins. So now we know which camp Jalen's in. GM Jalen's opinion changes like the wind. He wants to sign everyone. Yeah, and in like two weeks, you know, it's going to happen as well. But hey, at least we got him. And if you're also playing, uh, uh, keeping track on the scorecard of Jalen's opinions on which quarterbacks are trash and aren't, he did say something to the effect of like, when asked about Nick Foles, like, hey, he got him the Super Bowl and won it. So, you know, that's who he is and what he is. So, there you go. Well, I think Jalen's pretty simple. Now we can find him. I think Jalen wants uh, three things. He wants to win. He wants to play with his friends. And he also wants to make money. So, uh, you know. Isn't that what we all want? That's pretty much what everybody wants. That's why I say he's he's pretty simple. Um. You know what I? I'm cool with some of the stuff Jalen wants. Uh, last year I wasn't so cool with Lamar Jackson, but you know, it is what it is. He didn't end up here. Uh, but we also know that nobody that Jalen wants actually ends up in Jacksonville. So that's something to think about. That's valid. He didn't say that he wanted Nick Foles. He said that he was okay if we get Nick Foles. Yeah, he's okay with that. That means Nick Foles is definitely coming, but Dwayne Haskins isn't. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Sorry, Jalen. If that our leadership wasn't on the last year of their deal, they'd uh, they'd get both of them if they had the opportunity. 
I, you know, I'm almost to the point where I don't even try to predict what they're going to do anymore. I kind of like sort of called them going for defensive line a little bit early last year. I didn't think it'd be Tate and Brian, but, uh, you know, who knows? To so, be fair, last year, no one, no one thought Taven Bryan was going to fall to our pick anyways. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't. We were talking about it last week. Uh, Locksman, if Jay, uh, if, okay, f- first of all, uh, since we're talking about Jalen, do you think Jalen's next contract will make him the highest paid, de- highest paid defensive back in the league? Yeah, I think so. I don't think he'll settle for much less than that. And I think he's going to want to start trying to hold out. I know everyone says franchise tag, you know, there's a lot of ways you can make him play, but we keep seeing the players are, uh, you know, fighting for more autonomy here. And if there's anyone who's going to be outspoken and get exactly what he wants, especially if we are doing a bunch of losing up until that point, and he kind of doesn't care because we're not a winning franchise, then, you know, that's going to be him. So that I was... think we're looking at, you know, what, like, somewhere at least $15 million a year for him. That was my next question. If he doesn't have a new deal come uh, 2020 after this next season, do you think he'll hold out? Uh, I don't know. I I think you just give him the new deal, to be honest. Like he's the most important player on the team. If you keep him here, he's going to probably be a hall of famer. He's going to be in the pride. He's going to be everything. He's going to be the heart and soul of the team. So I think you just give it to him. But who knows with these guys in charge what they'll do. I, but you know what, on the other hand, I don't really see him playing hardball. I know the freaking the meme on like the, the subreddit, not our subreddit, but the NFL one, is that he's some of this, this kind of toxic locker room presence. But for all the, the joke, it, he's not a toxic locker room presence. It is a joke, and he's not even got an issue with the coaching staff or anyone on it. Like Everyone says, like, oh, they probably like slapped his hand or something after he did the GQ interview. Or, you know, all these comments that he makes, all these Twitter posts he makes. No, they've definitely done that with some players. They did it with Fournette. They've suspended Fournette for not showing up. They've chastised him and yelled in or hide or whatever it was for sitting on the bench and pouting or whatever. But I don't mm-hmm. think they've ever made any sort of public comment or even any private rumor that they've ever been pissed off with Jalen. I don't think he's ever been benched. You know, the most you have is like a riff between him and Todd Wash with him allegedly, and again, I think the only person who said this was Tony Baselli, like playing rogue on some plays. And that's just Tony Baselli being a radio jockey and not really a, a freaking football player or anyone with insider knowledge. So at the end of the day, I don't think there's an issue. Yeah, there, there's no issue with Jalen. There's no issue with Jalen and Tom Coughlin or Caldwell. So I don't think this is something we need to worry about. But one of the things I have, I've been say, talking to JC about is that I think that it is something that, you know, if you're a Redditor, or you're a Jags member of Jags Twitter, or you're a guy who stands at the water cooler and talks to your friends about football, something you're going to have to deal with maybe this year, definitely come in the offseason, is people saying, oh, Jalen's leaving you. Oh, remember those posts of the Chargers and Derwin James, or how he's got a house in Nashville and he wants to go play there. All this other crap. It's all going to be stuff you're going to have to deal with. And it's going to be the new Jaguars are moving to London, or Jaguars are moving to Los Angeles except it's going to be Jalen's leaving the team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like we said before, between now and the time that we give him a new deal, that's that's going to be the new thing. Everyone's going to think Jalen's leaving. And, and he might hold out. I mean, he very well might hold out during mm-hmm. negotiations. I so, I, And it's just going to intensify there, and I'm just telling all of y'all to be ready with your comebacks and everything like that, because it's going to be the biggest thing outside of anything that happens on the field. It's going to be the biggest off-field story. Or, God, I hope it's the biggest off-field story, because if it's not, then that would mean something terrible's happened. <laughs> yeah, good point. I don't think... I don't think he's going to be the highest-paid defensive back in the league. I think he'll be the highest-paid defensive player in the league. That's fair. I literally think that. Like I, I'm, going to, I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. Jalen Ramsey, when he signs his contract will sign a contract that is more valuable than any defensive player has ever signed in the history of the NFL. He's going to make more money than Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald. Yep. What's Donald's contract? So you contract? think he's going to be get paid more than $25 million a year or so? I think that's what the highest one is right now. I think he plays his fifth-year deal, and then you, you look at, okay, so the salary cap went up by $11 million this year. It's been going up by about 10 to 11% every year. 
Um, so after a fifth year deal in year six, we, uh, we pay him next. Here's the thing, right? Okay. We'll hold him out. If he holds out, that's fine. We'll, we'll franchise him. Like he's, he is not, he can't go anywhere for three years at least. We can franchise him for at least two years and, and he has to play. Okay. He'll hold up. Like only guy who's ever done that before is Flavian Bell and he's an idiot. Jalen will play. So yeah, like you give it, like he plays his fifth year. All right, well, now we're two years out from now in 2021. What's the NFL salary cap at that point? Yeah, like I think that he ends up being the highest paid defensive player. And I'll even go out on a limb and say that I think he might be the first defensive player whose contract is fully guaranteed. I think it's a lot. I think that he's not going to want to be making at that point. We'd probably be looking at the highest paid guy is going to be like, what, $27 million a year? I think you'll be happier with if you go with corners, then you're looking at 16, 17 million a year. Um, if you're looking at everyone, maybe like, oh my God, it hurts to think about this, like 20 million a year. I guess the cap will be rising and I think he's going to be worth every penny of all of it. But the problem is, is that like trying to get him to pay on, play, pay on this, uh, play on this fifth year option, especially if the team sucks. So. At that point, I think that'll dictate a lot of it. Again, I I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, he's definitely going to need to play on that one if he wants that big of a contract just because we don't have the kind of money to keep him, Jack, and Ngakwe, and Nick Foles uh, going in next year. So that is if he wants to be the highest paid well, defensive player. He wants to be the highest paid defensive player in the league. So a cornerback has been the highest paid defensive player in the league before. It's yeah. not unprecedented, but I just think that, you know, it's going to be the number that I think he's going to get and the number that would put him at the highest paid, highest played defensive player in the league is about $10 millions per year off. That's <laughs> quite a jump. To, that's uh, And if it's Coughlin and Caldwell, that might cause some issues. Mm-hmm. So especially given how big of a crunch we'll be in um, with. So then here's the question. Do we win playoff games this year? This year? No. 2019? No. Noller, if you're listening right now, hey, Noller, or any of these Foles guys, or someone elect your leader of whoever is the sub's biggest Foles group, if we win a playoff game this year with Foles being the principal quarterback that starts the whole year, so I'll count this if, you know, he's starting most of the year and he gets hurt like he always does, and we start in a backup and we somehow win one, then I'll I'll buy one of you guys uh, a Nick Foles jersey. Nolar, right. I know you're an FSU fan, so I know you you'll you can take a Jalen one because I like I like seeing guys in Jalen jerseys. But you got to comment on it so you actually know that you're listening to this stuff. Yeah, that, that's who we'll know if any of these guys are listening. If 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 we don't win a playoff game, this regime's gone. We're in the AFC Championship game two years ago, had a collapse last year. Everyone's in the last year of their deal in management. So you you said, well, if you know Coughlin and Caldwell are here when he wants that. If we don't win a playoff game, you're you are pretty much guaranteed to be talking about an entirely different uh, structure. So all bets are off at that point. Yeah, it's going to be. A, I fully expect this team to m- maybe finish 500 and have a see a complete overhaul in 2020. That's my expectation as well. But I mean, if they go eight and eight, Shad Khan's been proved himself to be a very patient man. And even you know what? There's a chance that like given how successful the rest of this division is. We could maybe get like, like a relatively high number of wins and still be the third team in the division and not make a wild card. Uh-huh. So the division's getting better, unfortunately. And and by that, I, I, I still think the Titans suck, and I think we're better than them roster wise, but we just can't beat. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it doesn't make sense. It, the The Titans are, are an anomaly. They somehow I'll, just fucking have our number every time we play. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. I am terrified about what the Colts are going to do with all that cap space that they got, plus a draft, another off season. That defense is slowly growing into something that's kind of impressive. So if they bulk it up with some in the past couple of years, great job. Well, oh my God, the linebacker that—it's just—I don't know—it's terrifying. I, I think that if we do make the playoffs this year, it's definitely going to be a wild card because I don't think we're winning this division. No, the division's getting so better, tweet, and, and uh, the division's getting better, that? and we have a lot of moves that we need to make to keep up. That's for sure. 
we don't win the division, at least one team is sweeping us. Yeah. I think it's the Colts easily. I think they're the best team in the division. I think it's theirs to lose at this point. And I'm kind of predicting that based on me thinking that they're going to sign a couple key guys to try to bulk up their roster uh, to try to make a Super Bowl run starting this. All right, guys. Well, we're running a little bit long, and I need to get some food. So, uh, Jags Freak, any last words? Yeah. You know what we lost last year that made the biggest difference? Last year. <laughs> <laughs> we had issues on leadership. The pause, the man, he was gone. He could have played. Maybe we could bring him back. Might change everything. For anyone who doesn't know, Jack's Freak is the uh is our our local um pause super fan, so there's a guy on the sub now whose name is Puzzlesny, so I don't know. You might have to fight him for that one, unless that is you. No, it's actually not. Um, See, and, the only one. No, he, he 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 don't got nothing until he uh, until he like goes back and forth with Bazelli on it. Like I don't, I don't know. Every time Bazelli and I argue, it's over that exact subject. So, by the way, I do not think that we we should bring him back to be on the team next year. That was hyperbole, but. You asked about last thoughts, and I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up my boy. I know. I he does know. have a stronger job. That's, that's why we love you. Uh, it was good having you on, and we'll have to have you on again. I like talking to you. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like talking to you, too. You're cute. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and Loxman, it was nice having you replace Crom. Um, if, he keeps, if he keeps bitching that's out. That's what everyone says. If he keeps bitching out, you might have to become the uh, permanent co-host. And I apologize. Can I just say something about about Nick Foles to kind of wrap this all up? That fucking, I think everyone's fucking do it. Going to share my thoughts. Do it. I don't think. I think that signing him and making him our guy, even if it's just for two or three years, is a huge mistake. I think it's going to lead to us putting the franchise in neutral, be stuck in kind of purgatory, or we're not good enough to make the playoffs, and we're not bad enough to try to find a franchise guy in the draft. But what I will say is that I will be much happier during this season to see a guy throw clean passes. Um, and by all accounts, if you read the Mike K article, have a real good leadership presence in the locker room, something that it was lacking with Blake Bortles. I think that he's going to be a lot better. Brian Sexton talking about it on the radio today where he's like, look, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to change your fortunes drastically, but it's going to be better. And at the end of the day, it might suck. It, I, I feel like it's going to be the years after 2007 when Gerard was leading us to seven win, eight win seasons. And everyone's kind of like, well, okay, but it's going to be better. It'll be nice to see a change, uh, to see some clean passes getting thrown. So for what it's worth, there is that. And I'll support the guy. And as much as I don't think we're going to do it, I'll honor that jersey bet. And I'm really hoping we make the playoffs and win some games and defy the expectations. That's a fair take, and I agree 100%. As much as I love Blake, and you guys know I love Blake, I agree yeah. with you, Locks, 100%. I'm going to miss Blake. I assume he's going to wear the number nine here. If Foles does come play here, so it's going to be Shades of Garrard even more, and I'm a pretty big Garrard fan. So, Well, the, I mean, big, the, we'll- the big question, we're going to go out with a bang. The big question is, if Foles come he- comes here, what number is Logan Cook going to switch to? Ooh, that's a good one. Nobody's had Mike Hollis' number since he left. I'm just saying, it hasn't been used since the uh, the 90s. Can he take three from Tanner? I don't see why not. Is Tanner still on the uh, practice squad? He is. He is. He's still on the roster, and I guess he's still technically occupying that. Fuck it. Cut Tanner Lee and give Logan Cook him. number three. He wore 43 in college, so. Mm. But I'm pretty sure you can't wear that one as a punter in the NFL. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not exactly up to date on my punting uh, or on my positional numbering rules. Punters can have single digit numbers, so one through nine. Punters, kickers, and uh, quarterbacks are all out one through nine. Uh, quarterbacks are one through, well, eight, one through 19. 
I think punters and kickers right. may be the I'm same. Saying, yeah, the single digits, those are the three positions that qualify him for them. You can uh, have over 10 or more on, on a Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only yeah. people who can have single-digit numbers are... Exclusively uh, for single digits, okay. I can't Correct. believe I'm Googling this, but yeah, it's 1 through 19. So, we have anyone wearing 19? He could take 19. No one's wearing 19 right now. All right. kind of like 9. Logan Cook, number 19. There we go. It's settled. We just solved your biggest problem. That's it. Ours. That'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, make sure you join us next week. Uh, Chromatos may be back. If not, I'm sure Loxman won't mind joining me again. And, uh, and we'll bring someone else on to talk about free agency. So... Happy to film. Yeah, thanks for yeah. listening, and uh, make sure you uh, make sure you ping Locksman about that uh, jersey bet. So, thanks a lot, guys. Take care.